Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. So today I get to talk to you on this subject, In the Darkness. In the Darkness. There was a thief that broke into a house while the residents of that home were away, and it was, it was a dark night, and being a little scared of the dark himself, he quickly began searching through cabinets and, and dressers, grabbing as many valuables. He did not want to waste too much time. He knew he needed to leave the lights off in order to get away with it, if it was possible. And so he's, he's just going through the house, grabbing everything that he can, throwing it in a bag, when all of a sudden he hears a voice, and the voice says, Jesus is watching you. He just stops for a moment. He's, he's a little startled, scared the residents were back home. He just, he just hid for a moment. And after a few minutes of silence and, and not seeing anyone, he assumed that it was his imagination and his fear of the dark and that it was getting the best of him. And so he began stealing once again, going through the home. A couple of minutes passed, and then he heard the voice again. Jesus is watching you. Quite confused, the thief then searched through the entire house, checked the front door. It was still locked. No one was there, and the only living creature inside of the house besides himself was a parrot. But he ignored it, and he went back to stealing the third time. And again, the voice spoke up, and it said, Jesus is watching you. The thief then realized that it was the parrot that was talking, and so he went over to the parrot, and he asked the parrot, he said, are you the one that keeps talking to me? And the parrot answered, yes. The thief couldn't quite believe it so he asked him another question he said so what's your name and the parrot replied night vision he said night vision and the thief just bust out laughing he says what type of idiot names a parrot night vision the parrot replied the same type of idiot that names the rottweiler jesus (laughs) this week we will be bombarded with all things dark and scary I'm not here to debate whether or not Christians should or should not participate in Halloween. Um, that's, that's not my battle today. That is not what I'm here to convince you of. I could probably uh, prove either side of that. could probably cause an argument for either side. But again, that's not my fight. What I want to talk about today is the dark places that are deep down inside of us. The deep, dark places of our souls. We don't want to admit it. But there are things that we have taken and we have hidden away, hoping that no one else will ever have to deal with them, hoping that no one else will ever see them. And the darkness conceals the things that scare us and sometimes catch us and others off guard. You know, when we were children, we're afraid of the dark in the sense of not knowing what monsters are hiding under the bed. Then when we become teenagers, we're afraid of being in the dark on critical information like who is dating who you know you don't want to be in the dark on that you know we want to know what the when we're teenagers what the latest release on iTunes and when is it when is it dropping when is it coming out and so we don't want to be in the dark on that but as adults we prefer the dark as we're now afraid of the light bill (laughs) so what I've realized is that throughout the Bible all throughout God's word light seems to be a major theme let me just share a few verses with you here, and, and this is not our, our, our text for today, but let me just give you some verses to support what I'm telling you. In the very beginning, God used light to bring order from chaos. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 reads, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, 
and there was light. In John chapter 12 and verse 46, Jesus says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. But light isn't just something that God uses. Light is what God is. In 1 John 1 and 5, the scripture tells us this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. And so what that tells me is that those deep, dark caverns of your soul, God's not in there. Whatever you're tucking back and you're trying to hide to keep out of the spotlight, the things that that you're keeping deep down hidden inside, God is not in there. And and God wants to get in there to help you deal with this stuff. And and my prayer has been for you this week that that you would allow God to penetrate your life and to let his light flood into those deep, dark places. At the moment of humanity's first sin against God, the enemy convinced us to suppress these desires and these feelings and these strongholds into those deep, dark places of our hearts. Not only do we hide our guilt and our shame in darkness, but we also suppress our greed, our anger. We will suppress our jealousy and our lust. We will hide our pride deep down inside. And that's just to name a few. Everybody in this room, we all have hidden things down deep within us that must be dealt with. And these things are sinful in nature. We don't always realize it. But they are corruption for our souls. And if we don't deal with them, then they are going to come back to haunt us. We keep them bottled up on the inside, concealed from everyone else's view, not understanding that they do carry the same weight as sin that manifests itself in the worst forms of ungodly behavior. It's easy for us to look at someone and their bad mistakes and how their life is falling apart and cast judgment on that, but but we seldom want to look at what we're hiding down deep inside and realize that that is sinful in itself. At the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, That those who hold hate in their hearts are as guilty as those who act on that hate and murder someone. You understand how serious this is, right? Jesus said if you have hate in your heart towards another person, even though you haven't acted on it yet, you are as sinful as the one who commits murder. He said that those who indulge in, in private lust are as guilty as those who act out their lust in the form of adultery. Those those are strong words, church. This is strong. And and Jesus is is painting this picture that that just because you haven't acted on it yet, those things that you're concealing and you're hiding deep inside of you, if you don't deal with those things, they're going to produce a sinful nature. And suppressing our emotions and our desires in the dark places of our souls, it's not the answer. And many times we think, I can just deal with this. I I don't need this exposed. I can just deal with it. And and, and the, the chances of you becoming successful in dealing with that are slim to none. You need the Holy Spirit in your life bringing those dark places into check. Because as you will see, they will at some point surface. They are going to come out. And when they do, these monsters have the ability to destroy everything in their path. These beasts that hide in the darkness, they, they can destroy our careers. 
if we're not careful, they will destroy our friendships, and they can even destroy our marriages. So today, on this 27th day of October 2019, let's deal with what's hiding in the darkness. I want to read from Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now, I need to warn you before we get to this scripture, it's going to seem like it's about finances, and, and though that is part of what they're talking about, I want to, to assure you that today is not about finances. So the pastor is not getting up here preaching about what you give and what you don't give, okay? These verses that we're going to read today, this is in the early days of the church, and I think it's important for us to see what was happening in an individual's heart, specifically two people. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. I love how Luke, who's writing Acts here, I love how Luke uh, keeps everything very discreet right here. He doesn't tell us how much money was actually the land was sold for or how much they agreed to sell the land for or how much they said the land sold for. He just says, Peter looked at her and said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. I want the ushers to get the offering buckets, and let's prepare to give. I think I have you right where I want you. <laughs> no, I, this, this, honestly, this is not about the money. It's really not. And if you read that and that's the first thing that you think of, you need to look down into the deep caverns of your own soul and realize that this is not about the money. You might make it about the money, but it's not about the money. This is one of the hardest historical accounts in the Bible for us to read. Especially because it's in the New Testament. You know, we're, we're used to these things in the Old Testament. We almost come to expect this type of action against humanity in the Old Testament. We expect stuff like this. It's, it's like in Numbers chapter 26, where the ground opened up and it swallowed up the people who were rebelling against Moses and Aaron. And so we read of that in the Old Testament. And, and, and because there's some time, there's some distance there, it doesn't feel like it's that close to us. We're like, yeah, they deserved it. Then we read 1 
First uh, Kings chapter 18, where Elijah calls down fire from heaven that consumes the sacrifice and the altar and, and, and even evaporates the water that was poured in the ditch all around it. And then Elijah goes and he kills the 450 prophets of Baal. And we're like, yes, vengeance is the Lord. Yes. Then we get to 2 Samuel chapter 8, and, and, it, and it plays out like the group rounds of American Idol. It really does. I, I, I love this part. It said that David separated the Moabites into three lines, had them lay on the ground, and he separates them into three lines. And, and he basically looks at the third row, and he says, congratulations, you get to move on to the next round. But rows one and two, this is the end of the line for you. Sorry. And he kills them. And we're like, yes, go David, man. You are awesome. And we expect this stuff in the Old Testament, but, but when you get to the New Testament, we don't expect this after Jesus. We don't expect this after forgiveness. We don't expect God to act like this after grace, after mercy. We just don't expect God to operate this way, not after the comforter. I mean, the Holy Spirit, the comforter of humanity has come. We certainly don't expect God to act like this. So what was so bad with what Ananias and Sapphira did that warranted death? You must understand that Ananias said that he was going to sell his property. He told the apostles, I'm going to keep some for myself, and then we're going to give the rest to the church. And Peter even tells him, he said, listen, you know, before you sold that property, it was yours to do whatever you wanted to with it. Was not the money after you sold it yours to do whatever you wanted to with it also? But somewhere along the way, Ananias changes his mind. And instead of just coming to the apostles and saying, listen, listen. Me and sister Ananias have been talking. And, and I mean, her name is Sapphire. So it's just, you know, we've been talking a little bit. And I, I just don't think we're going to be able to give as much as what we initially thought. I, I am convinced, church, in my mind, I am convinced that would have been it. It's the end of the story. But they walked into that room. They lay money at the apostles' feet. And then they try and cover up the whole thing with a lie, trying to tell them we did not sell the land for as much as what we thought we were going to sell it for. Therefore, we don't have as much to give you. And they keep that remainder for themselves. Therefore, they were lying. And as Peter said, you're not, just, you're not lying to us. You're lying to God. This is something that you promised God. You said, God, if you help me sell this property, I'm going to give this to the church. And Peter then confronts this man's greed. And at the moment he confronts this man's greed, the Bible says that Ananias falls over dead. Then his wife, three hours later, she has no idea that Ananias is dead. Sapphira walks in. And Peter looks at her and says, listen, is it true that you sold the property for X amount of dollars? Yes, it's true. We sold the property for that much. Now, I'm hoping at this moment, I'm hoping that Ananias didn't lie to the woman and she's just, you know, caught in casual fire there. I'm hoping that that's, you know, that, that, that but I'm, I'm sure it didn't. I'm sure that's not the way it went down. He said, why is it? Why is it that you and your husband have, have contrived this, this, this deceitful idea. Are you trying to pull one over on God in this moment? And he says, the same men that carried your husband out 
they're going to carry you out and bury you also. Understand, church, this is not something that just started that morning. Both of these individuals had an opportunity to tell the truth, but that monster of greed that lurks deep inside of their souls is controlling their every move. But I promise you, they didn't just wake up that morning and it just start then and there. The monster of greed was lurking in the dark, waiting to make its move. And because it was never dealt with, it cost them their lives. And someone may ask, why? Why was God so extreme? Why, why wouldn't he just take their money from them and, and just let them live? But understand this, that, that when you ask yourself, did they really deserve to die? Understand that Ananias and Sapphira were not killed by God. They were murdered by the greed that lurked in their hearts. And when we don't deal with this stuff, it is going to come back and kill us. This is why we've got to learn to deal with these feelings and these desires that hide in the dark places before they destroy us. Jesus said that one day, whatever is done in secret is going to be exposed in the light. So you've got to get this in your heart already. You, you've got to make up your mind now that I want to, to allow the Holy Spirit, I want to allow the Holy Spirit of God to come into my life now and start dealing with this, shining his light on those dark places before this becomes a public example. In Luke 8 and 17, Jesus said these words. He said, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. In Luke 12 and 3, he says, therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. That's how they would advertise what they had for sale. They would go up on the housetops and they would say, I've got a donkey for sale. I've got a donkey for sale. $5 donkey. Get your donkey right here. And that's how they were. They had no billboards. This was the billboard. And they would advertise everything they had for sale, shouting it from the rooftops. And Jesus said, if you don't deal with this stuff, it's going to be shouted from the rooftops. It's going to be made public if you don't deal with it. Paul reiterated this in, in his letter to the, first, uh, to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. He said, he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and he will expose the motives of the heart. Church, is this not convicting? And the things that I, I hide deep down inside of me, that I think to myself, I can deal with this. I don't need anybody else sticking their nose in my business. This is for me to deal with. And I've got it under control. And at the moment that my mind goes there, I begin to lose the battle. It seems so innocent until the lights come on. I remember a few years ago, there was a group of us, it, it's, this has been a while back, probably seven or eight years ago, there was a group of us that went to the Newberry corn maze one night. And I, I don't know if I've been back since, to be honest, and I don't have a problem. You know, I love, I love to, be, to be frightened. I, I love that stuff, and so maybe I need to go back. But this particular night was an interesting night. A lot of people out there, and we decided we were gonna jump on the hayride. And we get on the hayride, and it's dark, and, and, and they're taking us up from the, fr <clears throat> the front of the property, and they're, they're driving us to the back. And we're going through some trees, and all of a sudden, I remember me and Pastor Andrew were sitting on the back of the hayride, and the rest of our, our crew and our families and everyone, they were sitting uh, uh, closer to the front of the trailer, and we're sitting on the very back. And coming up in the darkness right behind us, 
I, I could tell it was a tractor. I could tell just from the light that was on the inside that, that there was someone in the tractor, in the cab of the tractor, and, and he had a, a Freddy mask on, Freddy Krueger mask. And I'm like, yeah, bring it on, man. I love this stuff. I do, man. And so I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Andrew, look, look. And this thing starts getting closer and closer. It's, it's dark. There are no lights on. It is dark. And all you can see is that mask and, 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 and Freddie getting closer to us. And it's getting closer and closer when all of a sudden, whoever is driving that thing turns the lights on. And it was not a tractor. It was a, a combine harvester. And it is right behind the hayride. And when he flips the lights on, you, I don't know why we couldn't hear it to begin with, but it was like he turned on the lights and the audio. And now all of a sudden you see these big blades just going, and we're like, we're crawling to the front. I mean, it scared us. And I remember getting off the hayride and I'm like, if somebody falls off of that, they're dead. I mean, there's no surviving that at all. It is not OSHA approved, I'm telling you. It was all fun and games until the light revealed that it could kill me. That day is coming if you don't deal with it. You might think you can handle it. You might think that it's innocent. You might think it's all fun and games. But when the light reveals it, you will understand at that moment that it can kill you. But thank God that he loves you too much to leave you in that darkness. God loves me too much to leave me in that darkness. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen people. Listen, this is talking to you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. How many of you are thankful today that you are called into his marvelous light? Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to close with a heartbreaking story to me. In the early 2000s, I had the opportunity to hear one of the greatest pastors of one of the largest churches in America. And, and Mandy and I, we were with the staff that we were, I was on staff at in Tampa, the church I was on staff at in Tampa. Our pastor took the staff to Lakeland. And it was a, a meeting where about four or 500 ministers would be able to hear this, this great man of God speak. And he was just there just to sow in to pastors and their, staffs, their staff that day. And so um, I remember Mandy and I were sitting on the second row. And actually before he went up to speak, this man, who I'm not going to share his name today, but he was sitting right in front of us, actually turned around, talked with us a little bit. And having read a number of his books, I was just in amazement. Such, such a great leader in the Christian church. And, and I remember... That, that this man at the time, he was not only a pastor of one of the largest churches in America, but he was also the president of the National Evangelical Association representing 30 million evangelical Christians. That's us. He's the president of that organization at the time. He gave a tremendous talk that day on pastors and their private lives and, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I'll never forget that during his talk that day, he said these words. He said, pastors, deal with your private sin privately before you embarrass your family publicly. That's what he said. Pastors, deal with your private sin privately before you embarrass, embarrass your family publicly. Uh, uh, deal with your private sin privately before you embarrass your, your family publicly. 
just a few weeks after we opened the doors of Destiny Community Church. The scandal hit the news, it was national news, the participation of this pastor in sexual misconduct with a male prostitute and his methamphetamine use. And it broke my heart. I remember sitting in my, in my office that day just crying. I had so much faith in this man. In his resignation letter to his church, which he didn't read, they had another pastor stand up before the church and, and read it, which I think was wise. He did not need to be there. After denying it and finally admitting his wrongs, they read his resignation letter to the church, and in his letter he said these words. Because of pride, now listen, where does pride hang out? It hides deep inside. He said, because of pride, I began deceiving those I love the most because I didn't want to hurt or disappoint them. He went on to say these words. The fact is, I am guilty of sexual immorality. And I take responsibility for the entire problem. I am a deceiver and a liar. There's a part of my life that is so repulsive and dark that I have been warring against it for all of my adult life. Church, I can't help but go back to that day in Lakeland, Florida, where he stood there and said, pastors, deal with your private sin privately before it embarrasses you and your family publicly. A man that needed to listen to his own words and take his own advice. Understand this. It's lurking in the darkness. It's there. It's hiding out and it's waiting on an opportune time to destroy your life. It makes you believe that you can deal with it on your own. It wants you to think that you've got it under control. But it's hiding out and it's waiting. And if you don't allow the Holy Spirit of God to invade your life and begin dealing with this, it's going to embarrass you and those that you love the most. It's going to embarrass you publicly. So rather than sit back and wait on the hidden sin to creep into the light, destroying your life and those that you love, invite Christ, the light of the world, to come into your darkness and deal with it there. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.